Welcome to Interparty Conflict, the podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible. My name is Gabe. My name is Jeff. And we're going to answer your questions today. But first, I have a question. Jeff. Yeah. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing okay. Um, my my parents are in town this weekend, so it's you know nice nice to have visitors. Cool. Um, took my dog Pepper to the groomers, so she's back and smelling nice, and it's got cool. her all of her nails <laughs> trimmed and such. I don't know. Lisa has taken to putting uh, nail polish on Superhands' nails. <laughs> I, yeah. I saw that last time I was over there. Yeah, yeah. I saw his his nails were very shiny. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, it's been um been pretty good weekend. Yeah, it's just nice to see my my parents. And then actually my my sister is coming into town next weekend, so it'll be fun. Okay. Cool. So, how's ever how about how about how about you? What's going on? <laughs> tell 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 us about it. Okay. So, well, I mean, first things first. This is the first episode we've recorded after uh, we made our big announcement. The, mm-hmm. I mean, the the last episode was recorded right afterwards. So the episode hadn't gone out yet. And uh, first, I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody, particularly on our discord. We have gotten uh, so many people, uh, Jeff, I don't even know if you've looked at it, but the, 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 uh, this week's episode channel for the episode where we made our announcement has, is just, was just full of, of people, uh, you know, being bummed of course, but primarily being supportive and being yeah. understanding and everything. I've also got people reached out on Twitter. People reached out through email, uh, uh, on Facebook, even just like so many people have messaged us just to say, you know, Hey, it sucks, but we get it. You guys have been a huge, uh, huge benefit in our lives and, you know, thank you for making the show and so on and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've definitely, I've definitely been yeah, looking at the the discord and yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, it, it makes me feel both bad and good at the same time. It's like, <laughs> right, no, right. Why, why would we do this to them? And then also like, well, it's very sweet of them to just be, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> so not to, not to pat ourselves on the back or anything. Right. Yeah. I want to say thank you to all of the people who have been so kind and understanding uh, and, and reached out to us. I'm sure there are right. more that haven't reached out and that's fine. Yeah. Um, uh, something, something to add, because um, I got my parents in town, my dad, yeah. and like they, they ask about, Every once in a while, they'll ask about the, the podcast and like, I'll, I'll mention it and then they forget that they asked about it and they asked again, it's sure. just a parent, parent thing to do. Um, but my dad like pulled up our reviews and started reading them and oh, it's like, boy. I realized I hadn't actually like read most of them. <laughs> yeah. And like he was reading out his reviews and I'm like, I was like, oh, these are actually like, these are really nice. Oh, thank yeah. you everybody. Like. It was, it was a very, it was very weird to have my dad narrate, like read the, (laughs) read the reviews aloud. And I'm like, I was like, oh geez. Like, so it's like, like, I'm feeling like embarrassed, but also very like, I don't know. Like it was, was, they were just really nice. They were really nice messages. And he was like, yeah, you got like a 4.7. I want to find the guy who gave you a low rating. And I'm like, no, wait. (laughs) Somebody gave us a a two, a two star rating. And like, it wasn't even a review. It was just a rating. So not that I would have you know, wanted to argue with this person, but I'm just, I'm just curious, like what right. was it they didn't like? Yeah. Know? Yeah. But well, you know, or whatever, who, who knows? Yeah. There's, there's, know. there's plenty of people I'm sure I don't like. It's like that one guy on Reddit that one time, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So the, <laughs> yeah. the, I guess the lesson here is that like we, we have for how small our audience is, our audience has been so supportive, mm-hmm. uh, so positive. Like we've gotten 
everybody says that like, if you have a Patreon, you're probably only going to get like 1% of your audience are actually going to donate anything. We have gotten so much more than 1% and the people that have donated have donated so much to us. Mm. It is, I am, I, to this day, I am shocked at how much money we, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not like a fortune Uh, Right. (laughs) or as small as we are, we've gotten quite a bit from our listeners. And that's just, that's so cool. Every time I tell my wife about this, she's like, Dude, you, your audience is awesome. And I'm like, yes, yes, they yes, are. Yes, they are. <laughs> um, on that note, so right after we made our announcement, uh, and I had already been been you know talking about how we were going to be ending at the end of the year and we're going to be ending the, the Patreon at that point and so on. Right after this, I got some news, some bad news, that is going to make even what we are doing for the next few months, even that more difficult, possibly impossible. Basically, if we hadn't already been planning on ending the podcast, we would be ending. We would be planning on ending the podcast now. Right. Not to get any too too many specifics about my job, but we were just given a an official notice that starting in a couple weeks, so starting at the end of September, it is very likely, not definite, but it is very likely that I'm going to be working seven days a week for the next 90 days, basically until Christmas, until the end of the year. Oh boy. And at first I was like, oh, surely this is a joke, right? We're already being overworked as it is. Morale is already so incredibly low as it is. You're joking. We have no parts. So this is clearly a joke, right? But turns out, no, it is not a joke. Uh, In fact, I've heard rumors of what measures the company is going to be taking in order to keep us running at this increased uh, production. And it is so frustrating for the listeners what this means. I, I will do my darndest to keep the normal podcast going, to keep it going until the end of the year, as we had said, to keep an episode coming out every week. That being said... That alone is going to be incredibly difficult. Jeff, I don't know if I've specifically talked to you about this, but this means you and I are probably going to have to record at like midnight every week. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry if that isn't going to work for you, let me know. We'll figure <laughs> out what our options are. I, I you know, I can I can make it I can I can I can probably make it work. I don't think that'll should sure. that shouldn't be a huge issue. Uh but what this does mean is that there is no possible way if if this is i mean whether really whether this is as bad as it could be or just bad there really isn't a way that we can keep any sort of additional content coming out i we mm. won't be able to do definitely won't be able to do any monthly roll 20 games right almost definitely won't be able to do any monthly bonus episodes we've already got october's bonus episode recorded and i plan on we plan on recording uh september's september's bonus episode should be out by the time this episode goes out but beyond that um i really don't think we can do any more patreon stuff and that sucks i hate it yeah none of our patrons have been anything but supportive but i still feel so bad that we can't, you know, finish out our Roll20 game the way that I had hoped to. I, we, I mean, whether I would have been able to have a satisfying conclusion in December, either way, I don't know. But at this point, it basically means I'm going to have to, I had to reschedule, rework my schedule a little bit to fit in this month's Roll20 game before that, before production ramps up. Mm-hmm. And then that's basically going to be the end of it. That's uh, I'm Like I said before, I'm still going to have a $1 tier just in case anyone wants to. Uh, 
wants to to help us with hosting fees. If anyone wants to give more than that, awesome. That is so cool of you, but I don't expect it. No right. pressure whatsoever if anybody cancels, goes to just $1, something else, whatever. N- totally understood. Yeah. Um, I, I hate that I have to make this change early, but I just, I really don't see any other option and I don't want to keep up a Patreon if I'm not, if not, I'm not going to be able to keep up with any of the rewards for it. Right. Yeah. You know, I know that a lot of people that give to Patreons aren't doing it for the rewards, even with our listeners or e- even with our, our patrons, most of them don't take part in the roll 20 game or listen to the bonus episodes or whatever. Uh, but I still, I would feel like I am doing a disservice to continue to leave the higher tiers up there without anything to give back. So I guess just let me take this opportunity to say big, huge thank you to everybody who has supported us for the last uh, almost almost four years, our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have been so awesome. People who have, have given for a short period of time, people who have given for a long period of time. We are so thankful. You guys are so awesome. We appreciate it so much. And I wish I could give you back more. Whatever the case, uh, you know, the I think our, our lives have been enriched by having such a supportive listenership. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I I hate to to have to give bad news like this, but Right, yeah. More more <sighs> bad news. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, uh. I, I will do whatever I can, even if it means if Jeff and I can't record some week, even if it means like getting something out that is maybe less than a regular episode, but still something. Right. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. We will do our best to get out regular episodes until the end of the year, like we had said we would. But if our energy level is like gradually decreasing, I apologize. <laughs> sure. Right. We'll do our best. You yeah. Know, but, I don't yeah. think anybody is even expecting us to do our best, but I want to do our best. <laughs> I'm right. expecting me to do our best. Right. I, yeah. I want to put out a good product and, you know, I want to put out something I'm proud of. So that's what I'm going to do. Right. So, okay. on that note, you want to go ahead and get into this episode, Jeff? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. So, Jeff, I want you to imagine. Um, th- this is actually this is a memory. I want you to th- remember back to uh, <laughs> uh, you know a while ago. Uh-huh. There was this time where um, you uh, you sort of got trapped in this other world, and you had to fight off this giant like space whale that was a personification of the hubris of man. Okay. That may or may not have been your father. You're not really. It's it's not entirely clear to what extent it was your father. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. So you've been fighting off this giant monster thing. You're on this airship with all your friends. And you eventually, you blast the big monster. And then it opens up its mouth. And you know, okay, in order to defeat this monster once and for all, we have to go inside the monster and then fight some weird alien flea thing. I don't even know what the heck it was. Uh, but you go inside. And to your shock, there isn't a weird space flea inside this giant space whale. Instead, do you know what you find inside the giant space whale, Jeff? Gabe, what's inside the giant space whale? It's a big pile of gold and diamonds and rubies and magic items. You have just found the dragon's horde. Maybe what is this in reference to? Uh, it's Final <laughs> Fantasy X, Jeff. Come on, come oh, on. Keep, keep up, keep space up. Space whale. <laughs> Whatever the heck sin was. Yeah, okay. My fine. old man, I say, as I'm patting the back of my head. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. I, it's, <laughs> I guess you could call it a space whale. But today's magic item 
was submitted by Black Magus 2651 via Discord, and it is Spear of Kimari. So, of course, the intro was a reference to Final Fantasy X, which Kimari was a character in, and this item is also a reference to that game. <laughs> so, and this is, this is a little bit long, actually, but uh, but I think I thought it was a really cool item. So, I, so we'll cover it anyway. This spear has a long history and an even longer memory. Once wielded by the legendary Kimari, who upon sacrificing his life for his charge, imbued the spear with his life force, giving it unique powers. While in battle, the wielder, on a successful attack, may forfeit damage done by one of their attacks to activate the power within Lancet. When the spear strikes the target, it passes through them, taking with it a piece of their life force, giving the wielder power to use against his enemies. The wielder makes a charisma check DC 8 plus the target's challenge rating, minimum of 1, so a minimum of 9 total. On a successful check, the mundane attack is copied from the target. If the wielder beats the DC by 5, then a special ability is copied. Beat it by 10, and the wielder may choose the ability copied. This may only be used successfully on a target once in a year. The ability is permanently copied, and the spear never forgets the powers nor the user that copied it. To use the mundane power or attack, the wielder foregoes one of his own attacks to replace it with a copy power, and this has unlimited uses. So I think what this means is, let's say you're fighting a monster that has like, let's say it's like a wolf, where if they if they deal damage, they can uh, trip you as part of the attack. Mm-hmm. So you could use this ability on a wolf and then gain that ability, which you could then use whenever you want. Cool. To use an extraordinary ability, same as above, you can use this a number of times per day equal to double your charisma modifier. So... Uh, if your charisma modifier is plus two, you can do it four times a day. Mm. And then if you take a magical ability from a target, you have to forfeit all of your attacks that round in order to activate them. And then that is once per day per point of charisma modifier. So in this case, charisma, uh, charisma modifier plus two, you can do you can use magical ability twice per day and it takes up all of takes up your entire action, basically. Right. This spear of the spirit is also powered by the owner's life force. At full health, the spear has a crit range of 18 to 20 times 4. That's like some 3rd edition stuff you're looking at right there. That's crazy. At two-thirds of your health, your maximum health, the crit range drops to 19 to 20 times 3 critical. And at one-third health, the crit range is the regular 20 times 2. Okay. So, yeah. Just that last part makes it a pretty nasty item when you're at full health. A critical, you threaten, you know, you can get a critical on an 18 to 20 and you do quadruple damage, which is intense. Yeah. Um, that, again, that feels like a third edition thing because that was that was a thing that could happen in third edition. Mm-hmm. And then even 19 to 20 times three is still pretty hefty. And then, yeah. hey, a one third health is just a normal critical. That's still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, the ability to use a special power and take an ability permanently take an ability once per year from uh from an enemy that you attack that's pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah this is awesome yeah um yeah anything that takes yeah abilities from monsters i think is neat <laughs> yeah there was there was a in savage species a third edition book there was a a class that you could take that was you you had to be an illithid so there's a <laughs> class that illithids could take that let them do this when they would like eat someone's brain they could absorb one of their abilities 
Right. Yeah. I always thought that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, so this is a magic item that kind of lets you do that once per year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Elithid Savant, um, <laughs> which there was the class Savant. And yeah. so you can be a Lithid and take the class Savant and then eventually take the prestige <laughs> class Elithid Savant. So you'd be right. an Elithid Savant, Elithid Savant. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Um, yeah, no, this is really cool. Uh, and like the the critical range thing, like that's 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 really yeah, that is powerful. That's cool. And then like like I see I see stuff like this a lot in in like in video games, but it's usually the other way around where it's like the like the, it'll be like a magic a magic weapon you get that does more damage based on the amount of health you're missing or something. Oh like that. yeah. So like it's you're in like crisis mode or whatever. Yeah. So like the closer you are to death, the more damage you do, kind of thing. But this sure. is kind of the opposite effect because the idea is that like the power of the spear is is based on your life force. So yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Um, yeah, I think this is a cool item. I think that it could use a little bit of clarification, um, especially like what edition of the game it's, or what, what edition or rule set it's based off of. Yeah. Because like while we were recording this just now, I was trying to think of like what would qualify as extraordinary abilities. And in third edition, that was a that was like a thing. I think in our trolls episode, I, I went into detail about like extraordinary abilities versus supernatural abilities. Yeah, because um, yeah, there were yeah, there was extraordinary, supernatural, and spell-like abilities. Yeah. So I would like to know exactly, just exactly what your options are with this, because mm -hmm. it's really cool. I'm sure it would be even cooler if you knew if you could like d definitely point at this ability is usable, this ability is usable, and so on. Yeah, it might be something that just left up to the DM or something, but yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, um oh, yeah, that, that's super duper cool. Uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's really cool. So, like, oh, and and Black Magus twenty six fifty one actually did say one thing in the comments that um, it remembers who copied what powers. So if someone loses it and a player finds it, that means that like either it might be searching for one of its previous owners, or one of its previous owners might be searching for it. Hmm. Like a previous owner knows that this this spear holds, you know, that like magic ability that it stole from that creature a long time ago and so they're trying to get it back or something anything sure. that that lends itself to potential plot to or uh plot hooks like that i think mm. is is always great stuff to put in a magic item yeah yeah so yeah that um i don't really have much else to say one of the reasons that we don't really we rarely use items that are have longer descriptions just because there's kind of less for us to talk about more of it's it's already all laid out there pretty much sure but uh, no, it's a, it's a really cool item. I think it's got a lot of potential, and uh, yeah, it'd be it'd be a cool item to find and a cool item to build a campaign around. Yeah, absolutely. So once again, that was the Spear of Kamari, submitted by Black Magus twenty six fifty one via Discord. Thank you very much, Black Magus twenty six fifty one. Jeff, if anybody else wanted to submit magic items, the Dragon Sword, or questions for our main segment, or stories for the funeral pyre, how would they get those to us? They could send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com or join us on our interparty discord at bit.ly slash interpartydiscord. That's correct. And before we go any further, we have a giveaway to give away today. Woo. Uh, not the physical one just yet. That's going to be in a couple more weeks. But we have started giving away copies of the witch class created by Seawood Scribe, which was one of the... Uh, one of the classes and options that was in uh, Strahd's Manual of Shadow, which we were giving away last year. And the Witch Class Supplement has, it's got 
an entire class, got a bunch of subclasses, got uh, spells in there, lots and lots of cool stuff, tons of content in this uh, in this supplement. So, Jeff, who is the first winner of this great supplement today? Our winner is Darbon LJ. Whoa, 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 winner. Yes, uh, Darbon LJ, uh, congratulations. You should be getting that in your email pretty soon. Uh, please be sure to leave reviews on this for Seawood Scribe because, uh, you know, the more reviews that they get, the more people will see their products and the more they'll know to work on better products in the future. And as far as I know, Seawood Scribe is working on more stuff. I think another supplement might have just come out recently. There's also a free supplement, the Ghost class, is on uh, oh, yeah. DMs Guild as well. So there's some really cool stuff on there. So please leave reviews. Please let it, let them know what you think, you know. Great stuff, and we're super thankful to uh, to see what's scribe for giving us this this great thing to give away to our listeners. Yeah. So Jeff, if anybody wanted to enter this drawing and they wanted to get a free copy of this class supplement, how would they enter? They can enter by sending us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com with hocus pocus in the subject line. That's correct. And of course, we are still going to be giving away a uh, leather bound box that looks like a journal from Mommy River Leather. That's going to be, uh, that drawing is going to be on Tuesday, October 12th. So mm-hmm. be sure to, uh, to send us an email with a review that you have, uh, that you have made for us. And then we're going to be giving away the leather book cover the month after that on the 9th of December, of, of November. So, yeah. So don't forget about that. There's still time to enter both of those. Good luck to everybody in there. Good luck to everybody, uh, with the, the drawing for the witch class as well. Sweet. And now, normally at this point, we would have a commercial for our Patreon. However, as I said earlier, we're not going to be doing our Patreon anymore. Once again, huge thank you to everybody who has supported us. I think I might try, if I have time, I will try to put together a similar commercial instead of saying to join our Patreon, just thanking everybody for being Patreon supporters in the past, I guess. I'll I'll see if I can come up with something like that for the next episode. Okay. Yeah, that sounds okay. But just a huge thank you, you know, everybody out there. Just a huge thank you to everybody who has supported us. Yeah, thank you all so much. And then one more quick thing. Check out the other podcasts on the Crit Nation Fellowship. Check out Crit Academy, CritAcademy.com. That, uh, Justin, Ian, and Austin create new and reusable content for players and DMs alike. Check out Brute Force and Ignorance. They're an actual play podcast on the network. Uh, Dan West from that podcast was one of the people that reached out to us and, you know, thanked us for putting out such a great podcast for as long as we have. So thank you, Dan, for your yeah. kind words. Thank you. Um, and be sure to check out D&D Character Lab, where Garen and Dan made characters every week and pitted them against each other. And check out the Kind GM podcast, which is another advice podcast. One thing I forgot to mention is that we had uh, I had already been in talks with several guests to be on future episodes of the show, several past guests to come back. And uh, some of those we might still be able to do probably not all of them though so <laughs> this is very frustrating this yeah, yeah. has changed to to my schedule so right yeah so we'll see what happens i guess yeah anyway jeff you want to get into uh want to get into the, some questions yeah let's do it okay our first question comes from Bromacleaves on reddit and they ask i sent out too many invitations and now i have nine players any tips <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I don't know if this is a situation many DMs have been in. I've been in this situation a couple times. Mm. Um, you know, I'm sure some of you guys out there have. Um, yeah, you you send out a bunch of invitations because you assume most of the people won't show up. Right. And they do. 
Mm-hmm. So so what do you do? Oh man, Gabe's got too many friends. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the the two times that this has happened to me, it wasn't friends. It was that like I I signed up to to you know teach people how to play a game basically, and then everyone sh- or more people than I expected showed up. Right. Yeah. Um, and in those cases, both of those cases, it was it was a short term thing. So it was like just for a one shot. Yeah. You know, how do you, what's the, what should you do if you are facing the prospect of a long-term game that has too many, you know, has a lot of people, whether it's too many or not, that's, you know, that's up for you to decide. Oh yeah. Nine players is quite a bit. (laughs) It's a lot of players. The the main, here's the main concern about having too many players is that you're only going to be able to give each player so much attention. Mm -hmm. If you're running a game for X number of hours, you can only give one ninth of that time maximum to any given player. Whereas if you're playing with four players, for example, then it's one quarter. That's quite a bit more yeah. time and attention you can give. Right. Um, also, you're just not going to be able to get through as much content. Let's say you're having a battle and each round, each each turn takes, if each person's turn takes five minutes, that's yeah. 45 minutes just from the players alone per round. Mm-hmm. So like then you got all the monsters too, and then you know you're, you're looking at so, you're looking like an hour per round there exactly and that that like that that is that's already a problem <laughs> even when you've only got four or five players yeah <laughs> so there are definite issues that are going to arise when you have nine players and there's only so only so much of that can be dealt with like you you gotta make sure that the players are on the ball make sure that people know when their turn is coming up make sure that people are paying attention so you don't need to to recap everything. But again, but then like, should they pay attention hundred percent of the time? Because so little of the game is going to be about them. So much of the game is going to be just waiting for other players to finish doing something they were doing. It's hard for the DM to have something that is engaging and relevant to the entire party when the party is so big. <laughs> so like you almost can't blame someone for getting a little bit bored and going on their phone when they were done doing the thing they wanted to do half an hour ago, and they're still waiting for it to get back around to them to know what they can do in response. Right. So, you know, like, yeah, you don't want people to be on their phones and stuff, but like, then what are they, what are they supposed to do mm-hmm. when, when they, there is only so much attention to go around. Yeah. Um, so, so I've got an idea and yeah. it's, and it's a bit wacky. Okay. Well, because first I was like, well, one thing you could do is you could split the group in half. Yeah, that is Um, definitely an idea. Possibly maybe one of those nine people has DM'd before, doesn't mind DMing. You could just split it into two groups and be like, hey, you know, this, you know, it's sort of unrealistic for nine for nine players in one adventure. Maybe we can split the table or something and like, I don't know, we can be in the same area room or whatever, but you just hang out together doing two different things. I don't know. Just, you know, split the group, group up in some way. And then I thought, nine people, yes, they showed up today, but are all nine gonna, <laughs> nine people going to show up the next session or the next yeah. session? That's so, a good question. I mean, like, if everybody is committed, but it's also like, you know, scheduling changes, we know that. Yeah. Uh, split the group and do one group one week, the other group the other week. Here's an even crazier idea. Do the same adventure for each one 
So they're they're doing them in tan. They're doing them together, right? So like uh-huh. now there could be maybe one per one person from one group is going to tell the other person from the other group what happened, and they might be some you know meta gaming there. Sure. Make it even crazier. <laughs> you are they are alternate dimensions. They are they are they are they are parallel universes. So things yeah. might be a little different in one and a little different in the other. And if some schedulings get swept or switched around, like so, person from group A. Mm-hmm. can't be there but mm-hmm. he is available when group b would normally be playing have it be that your two these two parties are blinking in and out of existence between multiple the, the parallel universes and like end up in each other's thing or you know adventure or something like that jeff i love this idea so much <laughs> thank you <laughs> this is perfect yeah and then but but i was also thinking like nine players so that's four and five you know that's mm-hmm. roughly four or five you know between it's like i you know to me i feel like i feel like five is pushing it how many i would want yeah um so like maybe you could even split it up into three groups anyway um but yeah yeah so yeah split the group up into two alternate dates so if you were doing if you're going to be playing weekly you would be playing basically bi-weekly or you know but but with two groups sure and then yeah like you have them playing the same adventure and then you know if somebody's needs to change swap the schedule or whatever or you are like you know somebody's busy on one day or another not the other you basically make it so it's like the characters are sort of jumping in and out sure um you know there there's some sort of planar travel or time travel or just sort of some some sort of you know crazy magic something going on that's that's like making characters jump in and out of existence between the two different universes. Yeah, yeah like build the adventure around it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, or you know, do your best, and then eventually, statistically, <laughs> you will have less people. Will there will be at least a, at least I feel like at least one, if not more, would are going to stop showing up eventually. Sure. Yeah, like like I had a one of the times that I had like a really really big group uh, was when I was doing D and D games at the library a couple of years ago, and there was one time where uh, one of our first it was like our second session or something, a ton of people showed up. And when I would do this, I would have a bunch of characters pre-made, so it wasn't a big deal. I just I just use all of them, you know, instead of just having the party of four or five or whatever. I had like. 13 characters made and oh everybody gets a character you get a character you get a character yeah (laughs) and um like yeah that session it was a little i was a little spread thin i tried to give everybody like a little moment that made them feel really cool uh but then yeah next week or not not next week next month yeah like half them half of them showed up again so it i highly doubt this will be a problem in the long run kind of a little bit of a, a cynical view of this uh if you don't do a very good, you won't do a very good job because you're, you've got so many players right. and that is going to make a lot of them not show up again. Right. So yeah, it'll fix maybe that's not Maybe that's not fair, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a self-correcting problem. I uh, guess. Sure. Right. Yeah. That sucks. That sucks. But I mean, yeah, there that's is not, a, a that's obviously not, that's not what we're hoping. Right. It's just that. Yeah. No, hopefully you do a great game, a game that's so good. All nine players want to keep coming forever. Right. Uh, in which case, sorry, <laughs> sucks to be you, I guess. Yeah. In which case, congratulations on your new and your new full time job. <laughs> right. Right. With Here's zero payer benefits. Start a cult. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Um. 
Yeah, so I mean, like what Jeff was saying, I think if you kind of plan the game around it, split it up into a couple groups, uh, you know, have them alternate weeks, alternate months, whatever. Mm-hmm. It sucks, but I feel like the players would probably would probably enjoy having your full attention less often than to have less of your attention more often. Sure. Yeah. I could be wrong. You know, may- maybe not. Maybe mm. one of those is easier for you, the DM, than it is for the other. Maybe you really like running a game with a lot of people or you'll find that you really like it. But personally, I prefer a smaller group. So I would do something like Jeff said, split it up and then build the adventure around it. Have that be part of the plot and then play with it. You know, yeah. once the players realize that's what's going on, they'll get an extra little enjoyment out of it because of that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's let's play devil's advocate for here, here for a second. Let's say that's not an option. You have to trim down the group somehow. Is there a criteria you should use? to tell some of the players, sorry, the group is too big. Oh. I mean, like, I, I would hate to be in that situation, but some people might be, so I feel it might be a good use of, of our time today to see if there are any good options in that case. Yeah, I don't know. Like, should you maybe say, I only want newer players? If you If you're more experienced... You know, you've already had your fun. Let me try and get some new players into the game. Or should you say, I only want more experienced players because you mm-hmm. want to? You don't want to have to spend so much time teaching the game. You just want to get right into it. Right. <sighs> and like, yeah, how much of that should you like? Because I'm, I'm thinking like maybe you could ask these questions like who's new, who's, you know, like... Is is this stuff information that you should be gathering before you make the decision on you know yeah. so like if you say I'm only want to play I only want to uh, have newer players but maybe only like two of them are newer sure so it's like well that's not really quite big enough for a full group yeah you know so maybe maybe you you take a look at what you know about the players and I well but uh, but at the same time I don't want you to like it's I feel like that's even harder to make that decision because then you're you know. If you're putting too much thought into it, then you then you're gonna feel worse about it, I guess. Sure, sure. If it maybe you like, all right, everyone roll a dice. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, that is a fair way to do it. Right. Uh, you know, it's just, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it could be. You know, or like people who are gonna be more likely to actually show up every time like like you said like you know like it's statistically like so you know there are going to be some that don't show up on some days and things like that so maybe you try to be like are you going to be able to commit every single week you know to like do you have kids then you're probably not going to be able to commit every single session sure sure you know do you you know which sucks because like you don't want to stop people like from play you just don't you don't want people to not be able to play like yeah Oh, like I, w- I don't, I wouldn't want to like exclude people just because they have kids, but right. you know, that is a factor. And someone might, someone might think that they'll be able to commit, but then when it actually happens, they don't, or like they're not able to make it. They're they're constantly late, and so on and so on. It's not always possible to know those sort of things before starting the campaign. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I wasn't sure if there was a good answer, but um, 
you know, p- pick some criteria and be fair with that criteria. If you want to pick only the people who are more experienced, go for it. If you want to pick only the people who are newer to the game, go for it. If you want to say um, the whoever got back to me first, go for it. Uh, just stick sure. to that. Be, be fair. You don't want someone to feel cheated. Like maybe they got back to you before this other person, but that other person is being let into the game and so on. Right. I don't know how much this is going to be an issue, but you just you don't want anybody to think that you're being unfair about it. Yeah, yeah, that that might be an okay do, way to do it. Is like just to say like, oh, it was first comes first serve. Like, yeah. but I, I just didn't expect so many people to actually go through it. So yeah. sure, like mo- hey. most people will be understanding. I think. Yeah. Ideally, you want to be able to say, I'm going to go with these people, and then if those people drop out, still be on good terms with the people you didn't let in so then you can say hey we've got an opening do you want to join us right if if they feel like well no i you were you you told me i couldn't play because i have kids and you know i took offense to that you you don't want to burn any bridges you know you don't want them to think you were being unfair about it yeah be fair be honest yeah but I, I feel like probably that might be the safest way is to just be like look i you know just be upfront and honest be like look guys i wasn't you know, I threw out a bunch of invites. wasn't sure exactly. You know, like I wasn't sure there. I wasn't going to get many people. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I got way more people than I am comfortable handling. I'm going to have to just take, you know, take the first five people that responded. And sure. you know, you know, if if things open, if if a slot opens up, then I'll I'll contact the next person if they're still available or something. You know. Sure. Yeah, I, like yeah, I think I feel like just yeah, being as upfront and honest about the situation as you can. That's gonna keep people from getting upset. Like, sure, they might be disappointed, and you might have an odd person here or there who will get upset. But you know, they probably got other issues. Yeah, there's probably other reasons why they're upset, and they're just not, you know, right. They're just taking it out on you. Yeah, it. it no matter what you do, it's gonna. Su- if you do choose to exclude anybody, it's gonna suck. It's gonna mm-hmm. suck to have to be the bearer of bad news. Um, you know, if you really want to try it, go ahead and try it with nine players. See what happens. Yeah. Maybe you'll have a great time. Maybe none of <laughs> half of them will, sh- won't show up at the ses- second session. Yeah. But yeah, it might have to turn into like with your, with your, um, uh, your adventures with, at the library. It's like, you got to kind of just to have everybody, everybody takes a turn and let's so you're basically doing a one round, a one round combat every time just to keep kind things of, yeah. going. Yeah, just when someone's turn comes around, focus on them, make them feel really awesome, and then move on. Once everyone's had a turn, if you have time, go back for another round. If not, one round, that's enough. Move on. Yeah. It, it is tough to like to run a game like that. It is tough to not give everybody what you may feel is the like adequate amount of attention. But hey, there's nine people. What, are you, what else are you going to do? Right, yeah. You, know. yeah you, don't, you, don't, you don't have a lot of options. Yeah. Good luck, no matter yes. what. Good luck. <laughs> All right, our next question comes from the Beverage Tea on Discord, and they ask, Desert Island question. You can take one D&D book. Which do you take? Yeah, so you're on, you're on Desert Island, one D&D book. What do you take? Now, this was posted on our Discord, and I thought about it, and I actually I needed to clarify whether it was going to be you're on a desert island by yourself or you're on a desert island with a group of people who will presumably play D&D with you. Oh, sure. Uh, right. You know, either one, I think, is is a, a valid <laughs> supposition for this oh. question. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we can we can tackle both if you want to. 
And spoilers, this is going to be the social media question for next week. So if you are listening, feel free to answer both. Sure. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I, I, I feel like if if there's going to be other people there, you'd really just want to have the core rule book, right? Yeah. I mean, probably. Yeah. It's, you know, that's, I feel like this is safe. Unless you're like, you have, you feel like you have a firm enough grasp on the rules. Let's assume everyone there, you're all, you were all part of a gaming group beforehand. So you all know the rules enough. You might still want the player's handbook just in case, but let's say you all know it enough to Mm. get by. So if you wanted to bring a different book, it's an option. Sure. I feel like you would want the monster manual. Oh, that's not, well, that's not a bad idea. The thing about the monster manual is that once you know how monsters work, you can kind of make your own monsters. They might not be good, but you can make your own monsters. Yeah. Mm. I mean, like the dungeon master's guide, like it's got all the magic items and stuff like that. But I think that, yeah, I think that's sort of the same deal, you know? Yeah. Magic items. And like, there are like, uh, there's other stuff in the monster, in the dungeon master's guides, like that that are going to give you different like all you know alternate rules and things like that but yeah see here's the thing like we we talked about which of the core three books we thought was the most important and the least important or whatever a while ago Mm -hmm. and i think i came on the on the end of uh saying that i thought the dungeon master's guide was definitely the least important i I think is what i said because like I, i barely ever opened the thing that being said if it comes down to i can only have one of them if i know the player's handbook enough Maybe I do want the Dungeon Master's Guide because that's going to have that. I think that is where the rules for making monsters or some of the rules for making monsters is. Yeah. That's also where like the world building stuff is. That's where the magic items are. I mean, I I know how to make magic items too, but. Right. There's a lot in the Dungeon Master's Guide that could be crucial for something right. like this. And yeah. And when we were saying like, you know, what's the least important, I, I it's more just like. If you only had, if you could only buy one, you know, yeah. like it, like if you wanted to start playing the game and you can only, you can only afford two of them, you leave out the dungeon yeah. master guide for now. But yeah, I think, yeah. Like as far as, yeah, if you know the rules well enough and you know, you could, yeah, you could, you have an understanding of how monsters work. And I mean like, yeah, magic items aren't that difficult either, but yeah, there, there, there are plenty of other things in the dungeon master's guide that can be very helpful for yeah. making things like monsters, magic items, worlds, so on. Um, so yeah, official D and D books, or at least with the core books, yeah. if it's group, if you're group, yeah, Matt, yeah. Dungeon master's guide. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of specifics. Um, here's the thing. I might want to take the dungeon master's guide just so I finally read the dang thing. Right. Yeah. You might, yeah. You <laughs> might at that finally at that point, find something in there that you're like oh i did not know this yeah yeah <laughs> that's a good point um, um as far as like if i'm there by myself and i don't have a group to play with mm-hmm. uh, i would probably bring you know maybe a maybe a module one of like the longer modules but i kind of feel like the eberron source book the um shadows of the last war oh okay i just think it's it's such a good book and there's so much lore in there there's so much history and stuff like i could read that for a long time Mm-hmm. And if I'm not actually going to be playing the game, but maybe like, maybe I know eventually I'll get rescued. So I'm preparing for a game. Oh God. <laughs> then that's the book I would want to have. So you spent your time stranded on a desert island pre- prepping for just in case the, you, you play it, you, you play a D and D adventure. The helicopter shows up or the boat shows up or whatever. <laughs> and like the, the it's rescue Matt team Mercer. comes out. <laughs> 
and I'm like, oh, hey, guys, okay, uh, you're playing the fighter. Come here, sit right here. I've already got the map all drawn out in the sand. Okay, you're you're the Warforged uh, Sorcerer. Come on, you sit right here. Uh, here's your character sheet. I've got a, a palm leaf that I've scratched some stats into. Right, they're like, oh, God, he's gone crazy. Right. <laughs> we need to get him off this island quick. Um, no, my creation, as they drag me away. <laughs> um, I don't know... I don't know what my answer would be. I feel like I just I'm trying to think of what like what D and D book I like I enjoyed the most. Yeah. Yeah, maybe like just 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 out of plain enjoyment, I feel like it was like Savage Species is up there, Lords of Madness is up there. Oh, that's also a good book. Um Lords of Madness is a little a little short though. Like it's a little yeah. slim. Yeah, it's not yeah, there's not you know, there's not a ton there. Um uh what was that? Like the the original uh, Eberron campaign setting book. Ooh, that's a good one too. Yeah, because also it was also it's also like a piece of nostalgia too. It's just like yeah. it's, it's a just just a thing. I a thing I fondly remember. <laughs> um, I feel like those are probably those three are at least in the top five. <laughs> yeah, I just had an idea. Uh, a a defense of using the monster manual of having the monster manual be your one book if you have a group. Hmm. Players can play as monsters. <laughs> sure. Just give them the stats for a monster. Okay, that's your character. Now you've got the you've got the, the your characters in the book. You've also got things for them to fight. Some of the monster entries have you know st- stuff about layers and such. You yeah. kind of got everything right there in the same book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the a lot of the monster entries have like you know have, have like lore and stuff in there, and it's interesting. Yeah. I think I might say monster manual. I think that's my answer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one of the yeah, monster manuals are good. Yeah, I like I like monster manuals just because I like I just like learning about all the different monsters and stuff. It's yeah. just fun. Like I like things like fictional biology. Sure. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is really interesting. It's like, oh, I wonder like how how are how are where did trolls come from? Like what is that about? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I want to know. And it's like, you know, you can always leave it up to interpretation or like different campaign settings have different, you know, explanations for different monsters. And like, sure. I don't know. It's cool. Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah. You If if by by the end, by the time you get rescued, you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll be, you'll know every monster stat. You'll be able to metal, <laughs> metagame all the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess that's, yeah, let's. I guess let's say the monster manual. That's fun. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Our next question comes from Oleg Rue on Reddit, and they ask, why do people usually roll new characters when they die instead of just instead of just trying to revive the old one? Yeah. So I would say that is pretty common for if a character dies for groups to just, okay, just make a new character rather than going through the, you know, getting a diamond and a spell ca- and a cleric that can cast raise dead or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, why why do you think people make new characters instead of reviving the old characters? Well, I could tell you why, Gabe. Because yeah. making characters is fun. <laughs> there you go. All right, that'll do it for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's nope. that's a that's a huge part of it. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like I mean, and I, I want to say like normally when we play, we and then like we I feel like we normally played with the intent of reviving. Yeah, I would say like it's. I don't think groups are really doing one more than the other. I think both are pretty common. Yeah, 
in my experience, at least both are pretty common. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to say what the, what the, uh, what everybody, like everybody in the world is doing, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, because there there have been yeah the campaigns where we'll we'll like it'll go around with like free true reses because we just mm-hmm. want to keep our characters alive. Um, but I don't know. I could see myself going like nowadays. I could see myself going either way. Like if sure. I am really invested in my character, I will be like, yes, please get me get me res resed up. If you want me to yeah. like, if you know, maybe I'll play a temporary character until then or something, or I'll, like I'll I'll control an NPC or something for the time sure, being. Sure. Um, you know, but I also like making characters and like especially where like new books and new character options come out all the time. And you're like, well, it's like, well, if this character dies, yeah, it sucks. So I had fun with it, but now I want to try out this cool new class that just came out or whatever. Yeah. You know, this, this, I want to, I want to check out this, you know, this new source book and it's got a cool new thing on it. I don't know. Or, or, or maybe find a way to like, if they do revive your character, let it still be changed. You know, let sure, it still be a sure. new character in because of some mishap of the spell or something. Yeah, yeah. We did talk we, uh, last week about um, respecting your characters, like as yeah. a result of a wish spell or something. So yeah, right. you know, maybe just play the old character, but have them uh, have them be a new class or whatever. Right. Yeah. The the their death altered them in some way, and now they have a different class. Now they're a cleric. Yeah. Yeah. They saw there was a god, or they saw there is not a god or something, and now they're a uh, rogue. Right. Or, sure. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah yeah um so so yeah to answer the question like i think first off i I think a lot of people do revive the old characters but uh making characters is fun and Mm -hmm. also reviving characters can be a lot of work it is costly and especially in earlier editions where you lost a level for coming back from the dead or you can just start a new character at the same level as everybody else depending on the group of course right yeah so and and hey, maybe your old character, their death was kind of fitting. They died sure. on a quest. They're good. They're good out here. You know, they yeah. they don't necessarily need to come back. Right. Yeah. Like if it was a really cool death, or they or they sacrificed themselves to save you know everybody or whatever. Like you don't yeah. you know, <clears throat> you know it 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 kind of cheapens that a little bit to bring them back. You know, can be yeah. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, they might just they might just be like, no, that that was that character's story, and I enjoyed it, and I just want to move on to the next one or something. You know? Yeah, so. I actually I feel like uh, I feel kind of the opposite. I feel like most groups that I've played with, we revive people instead of just playing a new character, and I feel mm-hmm. like I, it'd be cooler if more people when they died, that was just that was it. Not not as a rule, of course, you can do whatever the heck you want, but right. I just feel like I I've seen enough of players getting re- of player characters getting revived, you know. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, hey, it takes all sorts. All of us have different experiences, and that's a perfect example of that. Yeah. So I think that'll do it for our regular questions for today. But we do still have our social media questions. Our last social media question was: Your character is a YouTuber. What sort of content do they make? <laughs> uh, do you recall what your answer was, or would you like to give a different answer? Uh, I can't remember what my answer was, but I remember what we came up for your character. Yes. <laughs> Because my character, I forgot to mention she was a paladin. Uh, she's a paladin in oh, our right. Pathfinder yeah. game. Uh, she has big, heavy plate mail armor. And we came up with uh, her video is her videos are she's putting on her armor. And while she's putting on her armor, she's talking. She's telling stories about 
stuff because there mm. are various YouTube channels of right because she she's uh, all about like fighting undead or something. So like yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. So she's, she's talking she's about tell- <laughs> she's telling spooky scary stories about undead. Sure, sure. Yeah, because yeah, there's that there's that one YouTuber who like while she's putting on makeup is telling like yes. murder murder mystery stories or whatever. <laughs> or a true crime, true crime, true crime. Yeah. Um, um, which I'm pretty sure, yeah, that the the one Lisa watches, I'm pretty sure it's the same yeah. one. That yeah, I, I put it in the show notes. It's uh, it's the same one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I think I think you had said your character does unboxing videos, <laughs> unboxing but, videos, um, but but with people, <laughs> but with yeah, with, <laughs> it's yeah, it is it is. Uh, he's known as the Griff. He is a lizard folk druid. Uh, he's very, but he's like very feral. Yeah. Um, like he was basically raised like raised by wolves, but like. Which I mean, but like, like lizard wolves, but like lizard wolves, right? <laughs> yeah, like he, like he grew up alone in a swamp. He didn't have any other lizard folk around him. So sure. he was just, he was just very feral and wild. And <laughs> it's, I just like, I don't know. Imagine him like just tearing apart like uh, his his previous hunt. Yeah, <laughs> but like showing up, it's like, oh, this this is his gizzard, and mm, this one's <laughs> extra tasty. Ooh, I'll be yeah. like, oh no, he could do like binging with Babish. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, like. <laughs> like a cooking show yeah yes okay that's what i want yep that's, that's it pretty I mean, good it's like that's yeah good. youtube cooking show <laughs> but it's a like what it's a it's a lizard folk who just like who's just like showing off his recent prey or whatever <laughs> like today we're gonna make driz Dorden from the forgotten realm series <laughs> right he's like cutting up some <laughs> some dark elf today i'm gonna eat this raccoon <laughs> and just slams it on the table <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just it's just a it's just a five minute video of him eating a raccoon. <laughs> All right, over on Facebook, Brandon B says half orc Krog buys items from people and records how durable they are by smashing them with various things. I love Hand, it. Boot head, then big club. That Am- is pretty darn good. That's amazing. <laughs> I would watch it. Yes, I would. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Elliot M says, my changeling would definitely be a virtual YouTuber a la Hololive mm. with a bunch of different avatars she uses, probably streaming Minecraft or something. <laughs> cool. Uh, I don't, I don't, I've never seen Hololive, but I, I can get the gist of it. Um, yeah. yeah. What if you just kind of like you were a, a streamer, but like you would just change what you looked like from, mm. you know, episode to episode. Right. Yeah. Like people have these, uh, it's just like they'll have like 3D avatars that they ha- like... Basically, there's like rigging you can do so that like w- the expression you make with your face through your webcam gets yeah. transferred onto the 3D, you know, the, uh, the 3D character. And they just sure. instead of having sure. their webcam on their stream, they have this character up there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen people do that when they like stream Beat Saber or whatever, like it's capturing their movement, but then transferring right. it to like an, you know, anime avatar or whatever. It's always yeah. some anime chick. I mean, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> Um, Sean M says, my character Amaranth, the halfling fighter, dropped his phone and doesn't realize he's being recorded in the commode. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. That's something. All right. Yeah. Uh, Darren W says, elf sorcerer Malik produces content about how family isn't what it is meant to be and how you can get revenge on your enemies through aggression (laughs) and a and really well-timed shocking grasp. His special guests are some of the people who have caused some slight to him. That way he can zap them now and again just to prove his way works. Spoilers, it doesn't. Neither does his use of shocking grasp. <laughs> yeah, there you go, I guess. Yeah. 
Uh, just one on Reddit. Alistair the Minotaur says, Wenzel the Inconvenience is one of those pranker YouTubers. He's chaotic evil, but more in the line of snatching candy from children at a parade than wholesale murder for funsies. His pranks would be those mean-spirited pranks that end up with people angry instead of laughing and feeling fooled. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A prank show. I'm going to go out on a limb and say many YouTubers are chaotic evil. Just saying. <laughs> uh, nobody on uh, Twitter and on Discord. The Beverage Tea says, The gnomes would do crafting how-to videos. The cleric would preach on and on and on about minutia that no one cares about and would completely ignore the thumbs down and never change his style, content, or format. <laughs> That's pretty good. Wolfpack Nate, who used to be Lone Wolf Nate, but I believe is getting married very soon. So congratulations, Wolfpack Nate. Uh, Wolfpack Nate says, well, I have around 30 characters, but my highest level is a half-elf druid. So he'd probably do either travel videos or location videos or druid crafting of some form. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's lots of options with with a druid. Uh, Peace Roy Pancakes put a gif of uh, Thunderstorm. And said, uh, Fionn from our Patreon game would be a storm chaser. Uh, mm-hmm. She is a, a storm cleric. She actually, yeah. uh, in the game that we played uh, a few weeks ago, her character killed the avatar of a god with a uh, well-placed call lightning. Nice. I was really, here's the thing. I was really excited because I had been making uh, good use of the the god's um, legendary resistances. Uh-huh. And I think I think one or maybe both of the first two uses were against something that she did. She tried like banishing him, but nope. Does doesn't matter if I rolled a two, he passes. And then we were it was getting near the end. The boss was basically like five hit points away from going down, and she used a call lightning on him. And I realized at the last second I had one more use of legendary resistance. So I proudly was like, ha ha ha, he makes it. I forgot that he still takes half damage on call lightning. So it's oh man, <laughs> whoops! <laughs> I was I was excited to be able to just be like, nope. Once again, nothing. You still you do nothing, but no. She killed him. She killed him, and it looked really cool. Nice. Uh, Seawood Scribe says Miraz, which is his character from the uh, the Patreon game. Hmm, a channel on the workings of magic. No, he wouldn't want people figuring out he's a fake. Probably a wannabe influencer specializing in monster themed rap battles. <laughs> So number one, Miraz uh, is a stat-wise, I think is a wizard, either a wizard or a sorcerer. Sorry, uh, Nathan, that I don't remember. Uh, but story-wise, his character is like he like has fireworks hidden up his sleeve, and he has like a magic, he like magic boots that let him fly. He's not actually flying under his own power. Hmm. Uh, but but he was one of the ones that uh, that rap battled against the the Sphinx. So nice. Uh, Collins B says Kongu from my Star Wars game would be an urbex vlogger, urban exploration, but instead of abandoned buildings, it would be Sith and Jedi vaults and temples and random abandoned buildings. I just want to say <laughs> I would watch that. Yeah. I would watch an urbex bl- vlogger going into Sith and Jedi temples. <laughs> Disney, make that. <laughs> make that. People will watch it. Anyway. Uh, Tantuan from the Patreon game would have three-hour-long rambling videos titled stuff like Living With Yourself Forever, How to Avoid Your Own Thoughts, and Life is a Deception, because his character is undead. Oh, no. 
FAM says, I think my bard sorcerer Lotus would be a vlogger that explores the world and records her findings on culture, languages, and religions. My rogue Bulan, on the other hand, would probably have her channel around educating... Sorry. Would probably have her channel around educating people on the dangers of the world and how to defend themselves from them, both physically and emotionally. From fighting powerful spellcasters to avoiding your ex, she teaches it all. Yeah, that's nice. pretty good. Giving advice is uh, is a a, a a worthwhile endeavor, I would say so. <laughs> uh, and then MRV73 says, A conspiracy board detailing how the forces of chaos are all aligned against him and how he'll get vengeance upon them. Also, he'd probably talk about how tieflings get a bad rap. He is a paladin after all. And there you go. I think those are a lot of fun responses. Thank you very yeah. much, everybody who uh, who wrote in. Yeah, that's good. So, so that'll do it for our last social media question. Our next social media question, as I said earlier, is the Desert Island question. You're stuck on a desert island with only one tabletop RPG book. Which do you take? So we already gave our answers. And I, I, uh, the previous question was specified as a D&D book. For this one, I'm saying any RPG. If you want to go with the Pathfinder core rulebook, that's like basically all three core rulebooks put into one. I guess you can say that if you want. That's but, good. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm interested in uh, what other people will say. I'm expecting a lot of player's handbook, but mm-hmm. you never know. Who knows? Yeah. So that'll do it for our questions for today. But before we close out, let's wind down. Let's take a deep breath. <sighs> let's remember those who have come before us, who have given their lives that we may have a better world to live in as we toss another log onto the funeral pyre. Today's funeral pyre was brought to us by Hyron2 via Reddit, and they said, Apocalypse World. Hocus by the name Scripture. I'm not, I'm assuming Hocus is a class. Hocus by the name of Scripture tries to disarm a big-ass capital B bomb using quote-unquote mystical tattoos on her body that were in truth nothing but lyrics of pre-apocalypse songs mm-hmm. as a manual. I roll on my weird stat, my best stat, and fail. Scripture reads out loud, I feel lucky. I just feel that way. I'm on a bus to Atlantic City later on today. <laughs> what? That doesn't make any sense. And the bomb exploded. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so I guess let's raise a glass in memory of Hyron 2's character, Scripture. As we look back and notice that they should have sang, You dropped a bomb on me, baby. <laughs> Clank. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for today. To submit questions for us to discuss, items for the Dragon's Horde, or stories for the Funeral Pyre, please email us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. For show notes, links to media mentioned on the show, and running lists of questions and magic items, go to interpartyconflict.com. Join the discussion on social media. Find us on Facebook. We're on Reddit. We're on our Interparty Discord. We're on Twitter at InPartyConflict. Check those out for our weekly social media questions. Your answers might end up on the show. You can find us on the podcatcher of your choice. We're on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you download podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, or just tell a friend. If you do leave us a review... Take a picture of it, send it to us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com, and you can enter the drawing to win either the leather-bound false book or the leather book cover that we're going to be giving away in coming months. Uh, unfortunately, as I said earlier, our Patreon is going to be ending at the end of this month, so I'll just take this opportunity to once again thank all of our patrons who have donated to us over the last four years. 
We really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Jeff, tell us about FriendQuest. FriendQuest is a YouTube channel where you can watch us play video games. That's correct. Also, head over to bit.ly slash interpartyconflict to take a short survey about our show. I'll probably change this up a little bit because at this point, uh, survey responses about our show probably won't make much of a difference. But I do still <laughs> want it to be there because if you take it, you'll get two free printable board games courtesy of the great people over at hollandspiel.com. And our music is made by Boxcat Games from Nameless the Hackers RPG. So, Jeff, until next time. Hey, Gabe, can you hear me that coconut? I'm trying to make a game table here. That's perfect.